0: Welcome to your newest episode of the Cosmic Matrix podcast with your host, myself, Laura Matsu, and my husband, Bernhard Gunther. And in this episode, we are going to discuss a topic, why did so many spiritual leaders fall for the PSYOP? And if you don't know what that PSYOP is, then listen to the previous episodes for context. (laughs) Um, But before we get into it, let me just give you a bit of an overview on what we're going to talk about. So I'm going to discuss this viral post I made sharing that I'm no longer allowed at a certain meditation center because it's vaccine only. You need to have, uh, be fully jabbed basically. This viral post I made had hundreds of comments of people sharing the same. So we're going to share some of those comments about how people share. They're not allowed in their communities anymore. You know, what does this mean? Why are all these kind of rock star spiritual leaders promoting the thing that we're not allowed to talk about anymore? And the corruption of spirituality, especially yoga and Buddhism. We're also going to speak about what we think is the answer to this. And How it really forces us to engage in self work ourselves and inner work, you know, to understand our true self and outer work to kind of understand what's going on in the world and the importance of embodiment and being connected to your true self. Um, In the second hour, we're also going to talk more about these centers, share more comments and places that are still uh, forcing people to get this medical treatment in order to do yoga and meditation retreats, how this could relate to. Saturn and the consensus thinking we've talked about on other podcasts. And we're also going to talk about, you know, um, how occult forces can even occupy these spiritual beings as well and the potential future for these spiritual communities. But before we get into that, we're going to first have a quick announcement. We are going to be doing an April round of Embodied Soul Awakening, our 14 week program in psycho spiritual. Inner and outer work is what we call it. And if you've been waiting to join this spring round, we have the waiting list open and we have quite a few people on it this time. So if you want for us to email you as soon as registration opens, we will be taking people on the waiting list at our website, www.thetimeoftransition.com. So that's www.thetimeoftransition.com and you can go there and sign up to the waiting list. So let's just right. go right into it. So I'm just going to read what my original post was, and then I'll share some of the people yes. people's comments, basically. So basically, my original post was saying, I'm really bummed to say that the Buddhist meditation sangha was a part of just announced another vaxxed-only retreat, which as of now has now sold out, by the way. There's now several meditation teacher, meditation centers sorry that I know of that have only become accessible to the jabbed only and so a lot of people shared um, that they've had similar experiences from different spiritual centers and this is not just uh, Buddhist and yoga retreats but it's like across the board a lot of people uh, one person shared same here in Thailand they can't do their annual Vipassana retreat as all the temples require vaccination or PCR. All the monks are vaccinated. So wow. someone said, "Monks are Smith agents, agent Smiths." <laughs> as much as most of the vax, I mean, that's very interesting because remember the Dalai Lama actually came and publicly uh, uh, supported the vax and even got pictures of himself. Not
1: only a picture, there's a video out of him of him literally getting the jab by a nurse, and while he's getting the jab, he says it's very important for everybody uh to get this medical treatment as well because of the dangerous situation and to prevent other dangers. So we encourage everyone to get to get it as well. So that's probably why also on the side note a lot of the Buddhist communities, you know, require uh the job as well because of his influence.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so someone said that the Ramdas Retreat Center in Maui is doing the same um, I've heard, actually, I, I think I've heard that the Ram Dass Retreat Center isn't asking it for any more, but they were at one point. And I've also heard in general that a lot of spiritual centers in Hawaii are really enforcing it still, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, someone commented that they've they've been to a few Zen centers in the past and they couldn't believe the gene theory requirements, Someone even said, even the renowned trauma and meditation teacher, Thomas Hubel, his retreat info says they reserve the right to give spaces on retreats first to the people who are vaccinated. Wow. Yeah. So that's pretty big. Someone uh, mentioned that they walked away from their meditation community, uh, Vipassana, for the same reason. Lots of yoga retreats are jabbed only. Um, One person said, they didn't say the name, but they said one monastery wouldn't allow any unjabbed. So one person I know got jabs against his wishes as a committed Buddhist and then he was feeling not well after that basically.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and yeah, Tibetan Buddhist Sangha, every single Tibetan Buddhist Sangha that someone's named, they've been it's the same story basically. Um, and this is this is the craziest one that I that I saw. Yeah, I'm starting to question the omniscience of my guru after they started requiring vaccines to attend courses at the ashram in India. That's a really interesting comment because I can relate to that actually because I think that a lot of us have these kind of positive projections around spiritual teachers, spiritual centers and it does call into question like are they, like you know how could they be forcing something like this and be so enlightened this is the real question, right?
1: Yeah, exactly and that's why, why we want to do this episode uh, in particular right now for two different reasons number one there seems to be definitely a weird paradox oxymoron of spiritual leaders, spiritual practitioners, uh, people in the wellness industry, yoga, Buddhism, what name it, uh, are requiring the jab for retreats, even for yoga classes. I know some studios in LA still require the jab for people to participate in yoga classes and all that. It's all across the board. Um, So there's that, number one. And also because now it's almost three years later, yeah, you know, I would have maybe somehow understood it being taken over, you know, the social pressure and all of that and fear, maybe at the beginning.
0: Yeah, especially uh, since lots of them are nonprofits and they rely on government funding.
1: Exactly, all of that. But now three years later, and more has coming out. Especially, I don't know if anybody's on Twitter, but I think of Elon Musk. Whatever you may, you know, uh, wish. But there's definitely you can talk about everything now on Twitter without being censored. So on Twitter. The past few months, definitely, also with the Twitter files and more information, all the doctors are back on Twitter who were questioning the vaccine or pointing out the dangers of the vaccine. They're back on Twitter, so there's a lot of information coming out about uh, vaccine injuries, vaccine deaths. You know, not not conspiracy theory anymore, anymore, but fact. But obviously, the mainstream media are still denying it, calling it just conspiracy theory, and some people are completely, you know, lost in the rational intellectual mind that will justify anything best example sam harris recently <laughs> you know he has left with but a video came out where he was even like you know kind of basically you know when you're really objective and rational and and reason have conscience, you have to admit that, that something is off with of the vaccines, and you know things are not as going as they are. were supposed to go. They told us to go. Number one, it doesn't serve protections, and number two, a lot of injuries and deaths that most likely related to the jab. But he came out and kind of said something around the lines that. Yeah well you know what if you know almost wishing that more people would have died that would have been worse and especially affecting children then we would have really like justified the the vaccine it's a complete intellectual masturbation like gymnastics trying to uh, avoiding to say that he was wrong but yeah, you know he
0: basically said if covid would have been worse it could have been justified basically if it would have killed more children you know <laughs> yes. It would have been okay, and um, I'm trying to find the exact quote. Yeah, I mean, basically, in more or less words, he he said that if if there were more dead kids, more of you would have been vaccinated. So it's just these what-if scenarios, yeah. like about oh, if COVID would not have been worse, I would have been right, was the essential Completely message. irrational, like
1: doesn't even make sense, you know? So he's digging himself a, di- a deeper hole with his ongoing TDS already, Trump, Trump derangement syndrome. But anyway, so there's one, this oxymoron paradox and and, and people like, that's why I think your post was so viral and got so much attention because a lot of people are not only confused, disillusioned, but angry and sad and like kind of what the F is going on, right? And it kind of, it's almost like a litmus test and uh, about uh, what's going on in the world. But going back to this comment, you just read about uh, this guy being disillusioned by his guru, right? He yeah. thought he was omniscient. Yeah. Um, but there's a difference also between like spiritually enlightenment and being omniscient. Omniscient means all-knowing, right? And I think that's why it's key in this world in right now to engage in inner and outer work. Outer work meaning also understanding how the work operates, doing more research, understanding how we've been lied to by the allopathic medical mafia cartel and all of that and really understand how the matrix work, which was our recent episode. And in conjunction with the inner work, obviously, psychologically, spiritually, and so forth, right? And I think a lot of these so-called spiritual leaders were hooked into that, um, you know, for various reasons. I think one main thing is because of a lot of the spiritual leaders, they have spiritual organizations, these spiritual communities. Uh, It's a business, right? And um, they bring in a lot of money, and they need to keep their business alive on the basic rational idea or decision It was just, you know, going along with the program, with the quote-unquote guidelines um, in order not to lose students or need need to close down their uh, business and all of that.
0: Yeah, because it does put you in risk. Like A lot of these spiritual centers, I would argue that the predominant base is actually leftist progressives who tend to agree with the narrative as of now. So they're also just keeping their fan base happy. I mean, even I noticed this in spiritual centers starting 2016 when Trump got elected is people got very, they got very politicized. Like it became the standard in these communities to just hate Trump. And if you didn't hate him, then something was like wrong with you. So this has been a long time coming as well. And then also there's this whole corruption of spirituality Of yoga, of Buddhism, as it's been brought to the West. There's an immense spiritual materialism that's taken place where now we're like on a surface level pretending we're engaging in deep spiritual work, but it's not really doing anything. And I think that's very commonplace. I think that a lot of people, you know, Adyashanti has this famous quote that a lot of people engage in spirituality because they want to feel happier in their dream life. And I think That applies to many of these spiritual communities is that, you know, they just want to be happy in their dream life. And I think that the spiritual path involves disillusionment. Like even for myself, I've been sitting with this for the past week or so ever since I found out. That this meditation teacher that I like, Reggie Ray, actually is asking for the V still to go to his retreat, which sold out, by the way. Yeah. Um. And, you know, I've really had to just let go of this idea. Like, it's disillusioned me, really. It disillusioned me when Gaber Mate, who I took his Compassionate Inquiry program, came out and said that if you don't want to get the vaccine, it's because you have unhealed trauma, you know. And that was disillusion, a disillusionment experience. Like whenever you put someone or some center on a pedestal and then you realize something about them that you don't like and is more human about them, I guess, then... It's actually an important part of the path if you can accept it, I think. I think that the the thing is, is I think a lot of people will move into demonizing these people, which is very easy to do. I can totally see why people do that, you know, I because there's a lot of anger also as well at these communities, which I think is somewhat valid too. But it's important that we bring people down off their pedestal. And I think this actually means something deeper as well that these organized spiritual centers, these organized religions, you know, all of these rock star celebrity gurus out there, um, you know, a lot of them are in service to money, sex, power under the under the surface, you know, like uh, even a lot of people commented that they felt that Deepak Chopra and Sadhguru were corrupt for a very long time because of some of the statements that they made yeah so I think you know it's a very good moment for us to bring our false idols down from their pedestal and just realize that that it's us it's up to us to actually engage in the spiritual path. We're not in this age where we just go to a guru and he tells us all the answers and that's that's going to help us. I think we're really in this age where we're being called to really be sincere in our own spiritual work and not have to even depend on a center or an organization or saying I'm a Buddhist, I'm a yogi or whatever to give us a sense of identity because the quote that I think about is Krishna Krishnamurti where he talks about truth is this pathless land. And I feel that a lot of people, since they've lost connection to their spiritual center because of what's happened, they are on this new pathless land, which I think can be actually essential to having engaging in a spiritual path in a very sincere way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Not only spiritual leaders, spiritual communities, but also we've heard it from therapists, coaches, and all of that uh, that support the job, require the jab for them, even for clients or patients to work with them. It's yes. very disturbing. But I want to emphasize a point you made, which is really important, because we want to talk about it really, you know, bring it, bring light into the shadow, this darkness of what's, what's really happening and really talk about it, but without demonizing or now projecting our hate and anger on these people and t- tearing them down and not throwing out the baby with the bathwater, for example, you know, yeah. with the teachings themselves or the practices, for example, similar to you with Reggie Ray and, and Dharma Oceans, I believe, which, by the way, we should read the official... Uh, terms about the COVID vaccines. It's very interesting what they wrote. But I've gone something similar with Philip Shepard. And he's an embodiment teacher. I've quoted his work for many years in his book, New Self, New World. He was on my podcast. I've gone to his workshops. I, and just he does good work, but he also then fell into, when I remember in his newsletter came out uh, a year ago that he was calling these truckers in Canada white supremacists, so he fell into this leftist woke idea you know, yeah. that anything questioning the official narrative is white supremacy. Which is
0: literally what Justin Trudeau said, by exactly. the way, which is a red flag. Yeah, it's
1: sad. And then also, we I know some people who have turned on to his work, who went actually to his retreats to his uh, program to become an embodiment facilitator or teacher. They were not able to go to finish the program because the places where they, he was hosting them required the jab.
0: Yeah, and like it was to literally also, go through an embodiment course yeah. or a yoga retreat and have to do take this medical treatment It's a, It's a the huge
1: oxymoron and that's, they couldn't finish it. and there's obviously anger, sadness and all of that. Yeah. You know, and same with me. But I'm also saying like, the, I still use the practices he teaches within my own practice, embodiment uh, practices, and they work. But it also shows whole, his lack of awareness what's going on in the world. So it's, it's very... One-sided. I think people then get too much in a tunnel vision, you know, of just one thing, their own one modality, one career, one spiritual teaching, and just have a tunnel vision on, and just go along with the tradition or ideology, and uh, stop think, thinking for themselves. Um, so that's that's really important, just to point out, you know, um, that we don't want to throw the baby with the bathwater. Even with the Buddhist tradition or the meditations, they work even from a somatic level. Reggie Ray's meditations are amazing but it shows that alone by itself doesn't guarantee that you're fully aware of what's going on in the world.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think there's also you know, the power of this level of propaganda and brainwashing we've been through. We really underestimate it yeah. because if all of the major news organizations that these people uh, check and put faith and trust in are telling them a certain thing for years now, like I'm not surprised that so many people are having a hard time accepting that there was any alternative because they're not being told that, you know. It also has to do with almost them worshiping the false idols of like CNN and like New York Times and NPR and, and this they, how they've turned into basically Fauci. arms, arms of the uh, of of government propaganda. So I think that we're really underestimating the amount of cognitive dissonance and rationalization people are probably going to engage with in order to keep supporting the lie that they've been sold because it is very, I imagine that if you were going along with this and telling people to get vaccinated and people were being harmed by this then you would have to deal with a lot of guilt and that would be necessary and healthy to realizing the truth. But... Uh, uh, it's very hard because I think that it, I've, I've watched people, even in spite of all of the excess deaths coming out, and I, I don't know if people have seen the d- data from NHS, which I think is a UK-like um, medical system there, they actually uh, keep track of all of it, and all the excess deaths are coming out, like all of the numbers are coming out. And so I think that you have to actually defend the lie in order to protect yourself from facing the pain that you maybe were wrong about something. I think
1: that's the key point on a basic psychological level, the immense cognitive dissonance. So people go along with that. You know, there are two kinds of people. Some people, I think that's when you really have severe, more negative karmic consequences. Then you know that it's harmful, something is off, but you go along with it anyway anyway. Even required in your business and center because you don't you, you just you don't want to rock the boat. You don't lose clients or guests especially spirituality and all of that is kind of more leftist in that sense. You yeah, know, these institutions or communities. So I think that's kind of evil in itself when you know.
0: And you know, I, right? I think a lot of people actually who are f- forcing it don't know though. Exactly.
1: So that's I'm saying that's. A, a, Extreme level of cognitive dissonance, and also an example of um, mainstream consensus programming, right? Just going along with it, but you know, for me, I want to read something as well. Um, I did also a, a post on Twitter, which is actually an excerpt from one of my articles, but that also went viral on Twitter, and I call it the COVID jab litmus test. And as I wrote, my own personal experience as a twenty years. 20 years I've done this, 20 years of being a professional body worker, yoga practitioner, and embodiment coach, I've been surprised by how many people in the wellness and spiritual community received the jab and even asked their clients and students to take it and still do. That's what I'm saying after three years. In my experience, if you're genuinely in tune with your body and essence, and soul meaning embodied in the true meaning of the word, you will naturally reject the COVID jab as you will reject any other poison or toxin. You will holistically take care of your health on all levels, physical, emotional, psychological, and spiritual. Then you will also hold the somatic intelligence, your body intelligence, and intuitive capabilities to see through the lies of the faux pandemic. Intelligence, in that sense, has nothing to do with degrees of formal education, which often clouds real intelligence due to social programming and mostly gives a sense of intellectual superiority, Sam Harris, (laughs) but is tied to the body's intelligence as an expression of essence. So here's the big oxymoron. Yoga and spiritual teachers, somatic embodiment therapists, healers, massage therapists, naturopaths, and anyone in the wellness industry and spiritual communities taking and promoting the jab. It couldn't be more of a testimony of being out of touch with their body, spirit, and essence and soul. This pandemic and how people react to it, also revealed the true colors especially within the spiritual yoga and wellness community it is the ultimate litmus test for anyone who claims to have embodied self awareness or claims to be spiritually awake so that's really what it comes down that's i think a lot of people were uh, surprised by a lot of people as well having said that we also seen it more in people who are like highly you know have this rock star kind of um you yeah. know, attitude or kind of label of of a spiritual uh, leader, you know, well, like Deepak also, Chopra, da, Dalai Lama and Sadhguru, like you mentioned.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so from a matrix perspective, like, you know, I made this post the other day about how the matrix can tempt you with one of three things, money, sex or power, right? Yeah. So there's been a lot of these kind of big teachers with like hundreds of thousands to millions of followers who... Basically, either supported it, or I've also seen spiritual teachers and coaches and therapists who I know know what's going on and openly don't say anything. Yeah. So the second option, where you know what's going on and you openly don't say anything to protect your brand, to me that is a certain type of evil because exactly. you're placing. Yes. You know, you know something wrong is happening. You're not saying anything, and what I always think about is imagine in 10, 15 years, hopefully by then the truth comes out, who knows though, but imagine in 10, 15 years, you know, you're reflecting back on this period of your, uh, of your life or someone, your, your grandkid or something ask you like, Oh my God, remember when that happened? What did you do? It's like, well, I kept quiet to protect my business. You know, like yes. this is just such a cowardly and, and i would argue wrong thing to do like to to, to especially if you're in this position where you're presenting yourself as a spiritual teacher or healer yeah. or whatever you know, Because I've known quite a few people who I know are very popular in the consensus no, go. who know what's going on yeah. and they don't say anything. And I have to say, that's a very different circumstance than people who are just heavily brainwashed by this I- ideology, basically, and are going along with it because they b- bought into the lie.
1: If you're, better, if you're truly ignorant, you don't know better, you just believe the lies, then you just act out of you know, your own well-meaning intention, right? even if it's based on lies. Yeah. But like you said, if it's willful ignorance, you know, like I mentioned before, that something is off that is wrong, but you go along with it anyway because of purely selfish reasons.
0: Yes. That's
1: kind of like making a pact with the devil in, in my eye, right? Yeah. Um, I just want to read, or you want to read it real quick, I found this fascinating, the official statement. You can read it, yeah. From, from Dharma Ocean, which is this three-week meditation retreat with Reggie Ray, which is based on Tibetan Buddhism, right? Yes. Um, So they had on their website just recently uh, for this retreat... COVID vaccination is required for participation. Participants and staff must test negative for the three days leading up to the retreat and participants and staff will be rapid tested for up to three days after the arrival at the retreat center. So get this. So not only is COVID vaccination needed, but you also need to test negative three days before and then there will be a test being done at the retreat center in the middle of the meditation retreat, uh, another test. Uh, And then additional it goes on. Additional testing will be administered as needed. Dharma Ocean will supply the rapid test. We'll be adhering to social distancing in the shrine room. Wow, and dining areas. So they even engage in social distancing as well at the retreat. On yeah. top of it, and mask policy will be based on current CDC guidelines.
0: So the really, what's the point of getting the vaccine if you're just going to treat people yeah. like th- that anyway? Yeah, no, but also
1: like, <laughs> like you gotta, the test is we. You know, uh, I've written about this many times. Uh, the test is useless. These PCR tests, you know, even the inventor of the PCR test himself, I forgot his name, he died recently. He said, this is not for testing about a virus infection, all of that. It's kind of playing Russian roulette, yeah. right? You could have a regular flu and it would it, it, it test positive for COVID and whatnot. Or, or
0: you could be fine and you know, test positive. So I
1: really want to, exactly, I want to point this out because a lot of people claim, well, I had COVID because I tested positive. No, just because you tested positive doesn't imply that you had COVID. Yeah. So... Go ahead.
0: Yeah, so I think that, you know, it's also just important if this has happened to you and you've been exiled from a community to just be with those feelings that come up because this disillusionment experience will help you remove the illusions that you have about your guru, your spiritual center, you know, and then to not make it into some sort of demonic thing, you know, but to just to be with those feelings for for a bit and then decide like what does this mean for my yeah. own spiritual path? Cuz that's kind of the point that I'm at, you know, is that I was mainly, you know, I guess philosophically practicing Tibetan Buddhism in many ways, but honestly, Through my own studies in spiritual psychology, I've also broadened my awareness that it's not just one philosophy and one religion that actually resonates with the direct experience of God, actually. And by the way, that's also something that I've already had to kind of come to terms with. If you know Buddhism, it's all about emptiness, the non-self, you know which is not to meant to be this nihilistic state of just nothingness, but you're supposed to fill that with what they call Buddha nature but it leaves out the divine and the God and God. So I've already been through several kind of like internal philosophical arguments in my head, trying to come to kind of come to terms with my own direct experiences and the other things that I've learned in other methods and Buddhism. And so, you know, this is in a way this disillusionment experience has kind of like opened my eyes to be like, am I, do I really think I'm a Buddhist? Is do you, like, you know what I mean? Like, is this really for me? And it's helped me actually really refine my kind of spiritual framework in the process because there's a lot of different things that I've found that Buddhism doesn't necessarily answer. And I don't think it's the complete picture, at least for me as well. Like, my whole kind of spiritual journey has included many different traditions across the ages as well as depth psychology as well so i think that kind of going through this experience has been really healing for me in my own individuation process because it's pretty easy to just be like okay i'm a buddhist now this is what i believe and it's all set out for you and you have all the rules and all the books you can read and the teachers tell you the same things you know But instead, to really engage in spirituality in an individuated way and begin that pathless land and be like, okay... You know, some things in Buddhism really land for me, and then some things don't actually match up to my direct experience. So it's not about like just cherry picking the things that feel good. It's about finding what in there is really true for you and not just being like, I'm a Buddhist, I'm a Christian, I'm a yogi, this is what I believe, you know, and putting ourselves in these boxes, which I think is what a lot of these organizations tend to do.
1: Exactly. That ties also into the trap of identification, which I've written about a lot. So, you know, and Or taking on form of spiritual bypassing, taking on a spiritual identity. Oh, I'm a reborn Christian, or I'm a Buddhist, I'm a yeah. you know, whatever, I converted to Islam, I'm I'm this and that, you know, and then finding the community, which in itself can be a trauma response. Uh, but also I want to mention a lot of these um, religions nowadays from the mainstream consensus level have a very exoteric, very distorted, even influenced, infused by occult forces that are taken over, including Buddhism, mainstream Buddhism. Right? Yeah. Uh, all the big religions, be it uh, mainstream, you know, dogmatic Christianity or Catholicism, all the, you know, the Vatican, the Pope, you can even talk about Islam in that way or Hinduism, all the major mainstream religions are very, uh, ec- have become a more exoteric, right? Infused with, uh, with distortions where pathologies become normalized, infused with occult forces and corruption and deception. Yeah. And that's what we see now, actually. In that sense, it's actually a positive thing what is happening um, because it puts in question organized religion, organized spirituality, organizing truth and uh, all of these institutions and all of that because it kind of reminds me of um, a parable Krishna Modi shared many, many years ago. And I'm kind of paraphrasing it and summarizing it. And he said that truth and the devil are going on a walk. (laughs) And truth said to the devil... Well, more and more people are becoming aware of truth. What are you going to do about it, Devil? It's pretty bad for you. Uh, And then the Devil said, "Don't worry. Let me let me help them organize it." (laughs) So, that's kind of the gist of the saying. Because you know, especially a lot of these traditional traditions, there's a lot of truth in it. But um, you don't get become enlightened just by you know. or spiritualized by attending retreats or meditating and following certain rules and rituals and ceremonies, it becomes very mechanical, right? And especially in this day and age, it needs to be a more holistic approach on all levels and bringing in the psychological work and combining psychological with spiritual work and really understanding more what is really going on in the world.
0: Well, the dangerous thing about Vajrayana Buddhism, which is with Center in particular who were demanding the vaccine Dharma Ocean, is that it's very well known that you know the importance of the guru is central. So you mm-hmm. don't get this special Vajrayana activation unless it's given to you by a guru. Okay. And I think that whole model is actually what needs to go. Because then like, okay, so in order to get this activation from reggie ray in this case i would have to get a vaccine like this is like you know what i mean that's actually yeah. what, what 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 what's being asked so yeah. i think that you know this idea that's i think that's the kind of problem i have I, I think at the end of the day that i kind of bought into this lie i mean i think there's huge value i find um you know hinayana mahayana vajrayana buddhism to be all fascinating philosophically i find that the practices are very useful you know but this whole idea that there's like this special activation that only can be given to you by a guru and without it, you're not basically at the operating at this higher level, I think is a fundamentally a lie, you know? Yeah. And there's a lot of these gurus, whether they actually say this explicitly, who kind of have the same attitude, like you're in the presence with me, the highly enlightened being, mm-hmm. and therefore you're at a more higher level of being. And I'm not saying that when you are in the presence of truly enlightened beings, it can't change you. It definitely can't. Can, But it's all kind of operating on this kind of guru-student relationship, which, I mean, we've already seen with a lot of the Indian gurus had had a lot of problems with it. But that being said, I think it's really also important to not throw out the concept of a teacher or guru with the bathwater, because that to me is fundamental to progressing on the path, is having certain teachers. They don't even need to be enlightened, actually, but they need to be specialized in whatever it is that you're going through, you know? So I am constantly seeking out different teachers and different modalities that I can learn from. And honestly, at the end of the day, I don't really care about their politics. I probably wouldn't engage in their groups too much if they were pushing a certain narrative, but I'm there to learn from them. And I think we kind of have to have this more open mind to teachers where we're kind of put them down, take them down from their pedestal, see them as humans, be able to learn what we can from them, and stop thinking that some great enlightened being is just going to help us save us on the path because that's yeah. not that's not i don't think it's going to work like that anymore
1: now i think you make a very important point i've seen this a lot especially when also a lot of uh, corruption and you know certain gurus came up and all of that back in you know over the past few years uh, or um abuse and all of that or with what you were just described. even saw comments on your know, Twitter thread. Well, we just need to be our own teacher. We need to be our own guru. And there's truth in that saying. But to go to that level that you can fully just trust yourself, there's a whole hurdle and work to be done. Yeah. And as Gurdjieff said, we cannot escape on our own without others who have escaped before us. And who has truly escaped? You truly. Enlightened masters with integrity, and you know, who have shown the way. I mean, Christ's teachings have been corrupted. Buddha's teachings have been corrupted. You know, I yeah. even see if what my what I'm getting deeper. Sri Aurobindo and the Mother Integral Yoga; those teachings are also being, you know, corrupted uh, in in a certain way, or just distorted out of just you know, um, you know, um, misunderstandings or misconceptions and whatnot. But similar to you, I need teachers. You know, be the teaching appearing as a book or. Uh, my own coach or my you know anybody who can help me to see myself better. That's really the true meaning of a guru by the way in that yeah, sense. That's true. Right? It's yeah. not somebody who like gives you enlightenment or tells you what to do, but this power dynamics have of has also uh, obviously been abused. Yes. But um and for the record we cannot do the work on our own.
0: I know many people who have gotten these special activations, whether it's Shaktipat or whether they're initiated in Vajrayana Buddhism. And this did not, from what I can see, automatically just make them to be more enlightened beings. Like it's all this kind of, you know interesting like I think basically the best if you have one of the ex- exper- experiences it will give you a peak experience right but that doesn't mean that your level of being will be infinitely changed yeah. from that experience I think even Adyashanti addresses this that in very few cases do you have these mo- moment people who just suddenly become enlightened basically most of us have a lot of karmic tendencies to work through in order to get there so I want to also share uh, now now that we're reaching the end of the 45 minutes, this dream I had, um, because I had this really crazy dream in 2019, which I basically realized outlined what was about to happen. So this is before any of the craziness happened. And it was one of those like crystal clear dreams, which I don't get that often, where I was able to recount exactly what happened as if it were like a movie that I just watched. And uh, so I had this dream in 2019 and I shared about it on Facebook and I'll kind of give the abbreviated version. Um, and I said, I had a very prophetic, clear and profound dream and I feel inclined to share it here. And I said, in this dream, I was being described what is happening on earth right now by a mentor. This mentor was actually Gaber Mate. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where it gets crazy. So he showed me that the earth he showed me the Earth and how there I was literally zoomed out as if I was in a, a spaceship outside the Earth, and there was a supermental consciousness, which is a term coined by Surya Bindo, that was trying to bring itself down on the planet, which would basically look like this collective and global higher self-awareness, and it was basically this grid of illuminating and pure light that was encompassing the work, uh, the Earth. So it was like this higher consciousness that was coming to the earth basically. But in order to stop people from developing this higher awareness, the occult forces were not just killing people anymore because then they would just enter the reincarnation cycle again, but they were traumatizing them. So it, they become disconnected from their true self, which was basically the material that would connect him to this higher self-awareness that was anchoring onto the planet. So through traumatizing masses of people and disconnecting them from their soul, it uses these souls and turns them into portals for occult forces to basically keep their agenda and game dominating the earth. And in this dream, after I was being described this and shown this, um, they came to actually kill the person who told me, which in this case was Gabor Mate, basically proving the point he just made, that once people become aware of this game, it tries to install a trauma. So essentially, like, so let me just tell you how I'm reading this dream. Um, Basically, this kind of like trauma installment program that I'm describing actually took over him at a certain point because at a certain point he was basically saying that, the if you, if you have unhealed trauma, the only way that you're not going to get the vax is if you have unhealed trauma. Yeah. So this force yeah. actually did end up taking him years later, which I found fascinating. But in the dream, I didn't realize that that was going to happen because mm-hmm. it was years before anything happened. But essentially, there was this kind of higher awareness that was anchoring on the planet but in order to combat it, the occult forces were just traumatizing people, getting them out of body, you know, in order to keep their keep themselves dominating the earth. And this is kind of in many ways what we've seen play out over the past few years. And then I just found it to be so fascinating that even the dream prophesized that they would get him as well. Yeah.
1: So that's the key point, What's how it's operating on the bigger picture perspective. We have talked about this before. I think we have even, an, <clears throat> excuse me. We even have a dedicated podcast episode on this trauma about the Matrix trauma installment program because that's how it works. Even the powers that be on, on the 3D level, right, they understand psychology and trauma uh, from an ultra perspective. In order to control people, to program people, you need to traumatize them first. You need, what, what does it mean to traumatize people? It always, uh, it's like a shock and awe program that on an occult or spiritual level dislodges the soul from the body. It's soul fragmentation, right? And everybody's traumatized to varying degrees, hence we're disconnected from self. That's why trauma work is about, you know, um, retrieving the parts, you know, become whole again. It's kind of the shamanic descent, so to speak, or um, what is it called in shamanism? A soul retrieval. That's what we're engaging in this work. But the uh, evil forces, they use trauma in order to program people uh, in order to go along with, with the agenda.
0: Yeah, like the classic examples, like the MK Ultra programming, which exactly. many people know, where, you know, this is a real experiment that happened. People were also coming in, by the way, for like, postpartum depression and stuff and being enlisted in this program, by the way. So they were already coming in with mild psychiatric issues and then they were subjected to this brainwashing program. There's that. So they were already choosing people who already had some degree of probably trauma. Yeah,
1: there's that. And then with Aneka Lucas, she had them podcast. They also literally programmed sex slaves. I mean, it goes very dark in, into into all kinds of territories there. But on a collective level, you know, with what's happening in the world with the pandemic and, and the jabs, that's all based on this matrix trauma installment program. You traumatize people, you, you get the fear program going, they become disassociated, uh, they lose their connection to soul and essence and hence automatically are more susceptible or open for authoritarian uh, gu- quote-unquote guidance or leadership, right? They look externally for guidance, they trust more their abusers. It's the ultimate Stockholm syndrome,
0: Exactly. Because being connected to your true self will actually be also a connection to your conscience. Yes. So if you're connected with that part of yourself, it will tell you that something's wrong, even if, even if your mind is telling you something's okay. You know, um, And I think it's important that we recover that po- aspect of ourselves, like even your body. Like That's why I think it's been so confusing for people, especially going to a yoga retreat and having to get the jab or going to a meditation retreat. Because for me, like the idea of injecting myself with a bunch of random chemicals that don't come out of my body is like just, you know, that's not, I have a viscer- visceral reaction to doing that. Like, yeah. you know, so what are we going to do about this? um What's what's really what's like. So why did so many leaders fall for the psyop Let's just name it. It's a combination of social programming with Tico. I think we'll talk about that more in the second hour.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I also want to talk more in the second hour, more about some other centers, Sevia, Pasana, Meditation Retreat Center, Shambhala, you know, also the about Sadhguru. He made some very interesting comments uh, when he was speaking or guest at the WF, Davos, uh, World Economic Forum meeting, not this year, but I think last year, a couple of years ago. Um, and as well, I want to share a bit about the Esalen Center at Bixo, which where, um, I was a part of at some point, um, regarding the the VAC status there and all of that. But I really want to go deeper then more into the occult understanding it from a hyperdimensional per- perspective, how these occult forces work through these high-level spiritual leaders or take over communities like a group entity and how, how these forces operate. And I also want to really stress again the importance not to demonize these people. That's that's really the message we're going to bring home because we see, we hear the, a lot of the frustration, the anger, the sadness and all of that, um, and not throwing out the baby with the bathwater. Even we talked about uh, re, uh, what's his name, Gabra Mate, right? He's also a physician, like he's he's deep in the allopathic medical system. That's a good point, you know. Yeah. But ironically, he's also very good, very well versed in trauma work, trauma healing, compassion inquiry. This is a model that really works. I've seen it on myself and with others. we you've gone through the program; it does work. So we need to separate. Have a more nuanced view of all of that, and not just because one person like you know, Gabo mate or whatever, even Philip Shepard just went along with it, and then all the teachings are crap and shit. That's not. That's yeah. not how it works. And, that's and, almost. That's actually, ironically, almost. That's then you give in to the occult forces programming, right? Hmm. You kind of. Uh, take the bait as well because you're splitting you see just extreme black and white and not nuanced anymore
0: yeah i think that's the most important thing you know is that i think that a mature response is to let people disappoint you sometimes like they're going to disappoint you every single therapist teacher coach uh, i've worked with has disappointed me at times. And the moment they disappointed me was the moment I was able to enter into a more mature relationship with them. Interestingly, if you can hold that disappointment in the context of the entire relationship. So if you have a therapist that helps you, helps you, helps you, and then they say one thing that disappoints you and all of a sudden they're the de- they're the devil, you know, that happens very frequently in doing th- therapeutic or coaching work then you know you're splitting you're it's either they're all good they're all the good parent who's going to save you or they're the evil parent you know and i think any mature relationship is able to accept those disillusion disillusionments because those disillusionments are when you start to see reality clearly beyond the illusions that you have about people which is hard to take you know because i think on the spiritual path we like to think oh we're getting more love and more light and our conscious community is here but what you really get faced with is the reality of the situation that every single person, whether they're into psychology or spirituality or some other modality you like, is still a human being. And they're, you're going to have things you don't agree with them with. You're going to make mistakes. And the moment that you can start to accept that into your relationship with anyone, the moment true maturity can blossom.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And also I want to talk about like when we talk about spiritual communities, conscious communities, I want to address that maybe a little bit too in the second hour. <clears throat> Meaning, what does it actually mean? You know, we have all these ideas or the ideals and then reality never turns out how we hope or think or should work out. I think a lot of it's changing in light of the evolution of consciousness. We can even see it maybe astrologically. The Saturn lesson maybe you can talk about or the Pluto in Aquarius, how this affects groups. But one thing I also definitely want to address in the second hour is, for me, the elephant in the living room. This goes back to... um, uh, Thomas Meyer's work and the article wrote, based on his work, the spiritual consequences uh, of the COVID jab on the soul, spirit, and even life after death. What happens to spiritual practitioners that have been deep in spiritual practice but are coerced having taken the jab? What's happening to the soul? Because uh, part of it is what Rudolf Steiner said, is um, uh, this medical treatment is also geared towards... Uh, dislodging the soul from the body and even make people less interested in spirituality and all of that. So that will be very interesting to um, explore as well. And with that being said, um, if you're not a member yet and want to listen to the second hour, please go to my website veilofreality.com. You can sign up to the membership monthly, six monthly or yearly and give access to all the second hours over 100 episodes right now of the wealth of knowledge um, that's really timeless and anybody who's new to our podcast, I encourage you to go through our library and um, check out what kind of interests you. And with that being said, uh, see you in the second hour. Thanks for listening.